Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am actually co-hosting today with uh, Ryan Koo from the Q&A Podcast. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a twofer today, a double wham-bam. Uh, we sure are. We're trying this out. A little little new new camera setup on on. We're trying we're trying stuff here. Be with us. This is episode sixty nine of my Ooh, show. Episode sexy number. Yes, thank you for being the that number for me. You picked the sexiest person you wanted to interview for the sexiest number, so I appreciate it, sir. This is episode four for me. For the most intelligent number, and that's why I asked Mr. Eddie Vish. Visual. Vahil. Eddie Vihil. Vihil. Yeah, he said he did his research, <laughs> but already, already we're stumbling here. Uh, okay, great. Yes. So we are starting. We're gonna we're gonna ask a question. We're gonna simmer on it, and then we're gonna <laughs> go to, and we're gonna keep rotating. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, this is the Q and A show as well, right? So yes. one Q and one A. So we'll take turns asking coups yes, sir. and take turns answering. Great. The maestro. We'll also be battling for hosting ability here, I can already tell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're um at the lovely lovely pad of Mr. Eddie Bahil. Mm-hmm, the chateau. And he is a man of class, I can tell by the decorations and the uh, the ambiance. I feel like I'm in Jeff Goldblum's apartment in downtown Manhattan. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I guess to clarify as well, um, you are. How do we describe you these days? Are you you're an actor, oh, stand-up I comedian, know. Uh, I know. personality? What do what do you what do you? Uh... I'm pretty much a guy who's not good at anything. But yes, I try to keep myself busy, so I do a little acting, a little stand-up, a little podcasting, and I think that's about it, yeah. Okay. And Mr. Eddie Vahil, the director, writer, script supervisor extraordinaire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me, overall overall filmmaker, filmmaker dude. I'm looking at Eddie right now, and I've never seen a person who regretted a, a decision so much. The decision to have me be on his podcast. I see the regret in his eyes. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's a pleasure having you. Pleasure, okay. pleasure seeing you. Yes. We've worked together a couple of times now, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, I know we've had our little chances to have little, 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 little chats on set here and there. But for the most part, it's been work, work, work. And I, yeah, I just wanted, yeah, it's a yeah. great time to dig a little, dig yeah. a little deeper, if you will. Why don't you tell the the listeners of your podcast, and I'm saying your podcast because <laughs> no one listens to mine. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell them how we met, sir? How did okay. you? All right. So yeah, I'll I'll give a little background on uh, on us here. So I put I almost I don't I don't need notes for this, but I'm looking at them just to. <clears throat> I know you answered a call. Yes. We, um, me and my co-writer slash co-director at times, uh, Jamie Keener. Mm-hmm. Lovely Jamie, yes. Lovely Jamie. We were 
um, prepping a film project to kind mm-hmm. of send out to. I don't know. We had we had big ambitions on this yes. on this feature that we we're, we're we've been prepping for a while. This was I don't know when. What we we're in July now. It uh, had is, to have been before November for sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was before November. Yeah, yeah. nearing the end of the year potentially. Whenever, mm-hmm. and uh, the premise of the of the feature was like a a rom com. We had a. Uh, mm. an Indian American mm. leading lady, and Lovely we had a Shara Yu Mahale. Yes, <laughs> shout out to Shar. <laughs> and then we had uh, the story called for our leading Korean American <sighs> male, and um, I think we had uh, another friend, uh, Risa Ishiyama. She kind of helped out in some producer capacities, and was tasked with finding us, finding us our guy. Yes. And uh, you showed up. And this was for like a kind of like a concept, like a poster concept shoot to kind of give investors or people looking to get involved in the project uh, an idea of what kind of what kind of film we're trying to make here and what, yes. what it looked like. So that was that was my first thing is you showed up and uh, we could talk first impressions for sure. But yes. And when I walked in that door, I heard Eddie whisper to Jamie. Wow, you said this guy wasn't uglier than John Cho. (laughs) 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 He said, this guy looks nothing like his headshots. Uh, No, nothing nothing was whispered in the shadows, to clarify. Um, But it was cool. Uh, I, I, I remember... I forget how recently you you had jumped into acting and all that kind of stuff prior to that, but it felt it mm. felt it felt you felt fresh. I was very green. Yeah. That might have been my second or third thing that I ever booked. So I was very very green, and I, I mean I'm still green, but uh, I was very intimidated because Eddie had his sexy shaved head, his director glasses, and I'm like, oh shoot. He's gonna see right through me. I didn't have a shaved head yet. That's if right. Feel, yeah, we both you, had that's the man right. buns at that time. You're right. You're totally right. I remember that now. Yeah. Um, and you were saying you were gonna shave your head because you thought it was gonna make you look more professional. I believe that it gives you more of a serious director vibes. I believe that's what you told me. Yeah, there was there was, there was, there was a lot that went into that for sure. I think okay. those are things that I had said at the time. Yeah, there. but. Yes, my first impression of the maestro, that's what I call him, organized, professional, fair, handsome, kind, efficient. <laughs> but, you know, it was um, being so green, I was obviously very intimidated, but Eddie made me feel right at ease. He was so professional, so kind, gave great directions, wasn't upset or mad when I probably was doing something stupid. Um, But I was very, I felt an immediate comfort as I walked in. So I was very happy um, about doing that project. But I have a question for you, sir. Okay. How many Korean men, men auditioned for that part and what made you pick me? It's a good question. A question that I don't recall the answer for. Uh-oh. That means uh, I was the only one who applied. 
I, I believe I believe we had options. I believe we had options. I don't remember. <laughs> or did the guy you wanted say he, he was busy that day? <laughs> it, it was it was a it was a tough call because he wanted the guy to have vibes of. Um, it was like this kind of combo where we wanted him to. I don't know, just just based off a of face too. I don't think right. we we didn't because we weren't paying that much. We we weren't. It was going to be like a quick. I don't know, a couple hours or something. Yes, yes. So we didn't. I don't want to waste. We didn't want to waste time with yeah. like. Hey, he send, send, yeah. yeah, send in uh, tapes. Like no, no, no. It's just let's look at your face. This is a photography shoot. Right. Right. Um, and we just thankfully no <laughs> acting was involved. <laughs> there was some acting involved. You had to you had to go to some emotional places for sure. <laughs> Yes, yes. But anyways, yes, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, this is so interesting, actually. So we just wanted him to to give give off those nerdy vibes, but also look like somebody... Handsome. Uh, somebody, yeah, somebody handsome, somebody rom-com, somebody uh, put together, a little Whoa. bit of... Uh, yeah, so we, we saw we saw uh, kernels of, uh, of all those little pieces. Was I your first choice? You were our only choice. <laughs> Wait, really? If you said if you said no, we were gonna scrap the whole project. I'm just kidding. No, no, oh, no. Okay. No. Okay. I'm just kidding. I I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling there were like three guys before me that they really wanted, and it was just on the perfect day where they all couldn't do it. So they were like, "Oh crap! All right, let's go with this loser." No, no, no. It was lovely. <laughs> I know. I know. No. For when when you yeah, yeah, when I'm you sorry, showed no. up. I could, yeah, we could see. Well, I don't know about we. I could tell that there was a little. We had to get a little bit warmed up first because Char, Char. Um, oh, she was perfect. She, she's a pro. Oh, she's been she's been at a little bit longer than than you. So. Uh, oh, I was so intimidated. Char, yeah, Char, if you're listening, you were awesome. But I will say, because when I was walking into your guys's um apartment, that's where it was shot. I was um, going to the front door where you had to be buzzed in, and I saw Char walking down from the opposite direction, and I'll, and and like I said, I was very green, so I'm not used to seeing a lot of like like beautiful women. You know what I mean? And Char, I'm not hitting on you or anything or shooting my shot. I'm just being honest. So please don't feel uncomfortable, and I hope I didn't make you feel uncomfortable by saying this. Anyways, but I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I hope that's not her, because I'll be so shy, because I get very nervous. But, um, all that to say, yeah, she was a great casting choice. Beautiful, beautiful lady, but I was so intimidated when I saw her walking down. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, crap. So that was, yeah, that was her. She was playing the, uh, yes, your opposite. So, being that this is a rom com, we wanted to get photos of you two uh, yeah. looking, looking in love and staring into each other's eyes, and 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 yeah, being very close very quickly. So, um, yeah, that was our that was our first time kind of uh, being creative in a creative space together. And uh, yeah, we Jamie and I had enough had enough fun with you guys or with you specifically too that. Um, we brought you back to act for uh, act for Jamie, and that was the next time we. And that was the biggest mistake of Jamie's. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this that I find very interesting. <clears throat> I have a very unfruitful dating life in real life, partly because of 
who I am and also because I'm not that interested in dating. So I date like maybe like once every three to five years. But I get casted a lot playing like an Asian boyfriend. So I think that's so interesting how you would imagine that if a guy who's being casted as an Asian boyfriend would have a lot of dating experience in real life. But that's usually not the case. At least not for me. I have very <laughs> little experience. But I'm being casted as the Asian boy. And I just find that so interesting. Well, congratulations on getting cast. <laughs> Are you shocked that I'm revealing to you that I don't have a lot of dating experience? Am I? Well, I follow you on Instagram. So <laughs> <clears throat> the answer is I, I, I hear this enough time in your stories and your stand-up that like every other joke is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's either it's either talking about how you're just a dude with two cats or yes. or some sort of the the classic self-deprecation yeah. humor a little yes. bit in there yes but wow. so i'm so i'm not shocked because I've, I've heard it before okay okay wow well that was a lovely project so thank you so much for casting me in that eddie that was that was one of my favorite shoots to date so much fun which one uh well all of them but that one because it was such a the one with char yeah the one with char it was so new at that moment still like i said it was like my second or third booking it was it was very fun very exciting awesome yeah do you think it was very awkward when i said what i said about char being a very beautiful woman no not at all we might have to edit that out just kidding we keep everything raw on Q and A. Eddie true. might edit it out, but <laughs> I'll keep it, even if it makes me look like a weirdo. All is well. All is well. We are who we are, and it was not. It wasn't weird. You're you're cool. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Great. We're off to a good I'll, start. I'll jump. I'll, for I guess I'll take the lead here. Yes. Yes. So I'll jump from. We're still in recap mode here. Yes. We. You're talking about feeling green and having that experience with with that shoot jumping forward x amount of months um yeah it was it was it was fun watching you act for jamie i on the other hand in the back of my mind was like you know i want my want my shot to direct this guy oh so then when it went so then (laughs) he still didn't learn his lesson (laughs) so then when it came time we're doing this like little little fun one day shoot i already had um spence spencer weitzel was was cast lovely person lovely actor and uh, we we brought you in to play uh, the roommate. Mm-hmm. This is uh, not the boy, f- not the not the Asian yes, boy for true. all. This that's was true. two dudes, Los Angeles roommate bros. situation, mm-hmm. two bros. And uh, how 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 yes. how well, how prepared did you feel for this mm. one in comparison to walking in that first time for uh, for sure lo- for love at first arrangement, love at yeah. first arrangement. Yes. Um, that one I was also very, very excited for because the script we had the the panning and all that. I'm like, oh this is cool. So I was very excited about the, the, the concept. Such a fun concept. Um We got the script I think like two days before, right? It was not much not much time with the material. Yeah. But it was very short lines and there was a lot of cuts, so it wasn't like, you know, I had to do like a monologue or anything. Um but I was every time I get to work with the maestro, always a good time. Um I felt I, I, I was so excited. Um 
the cast was lovely. I thought it was just going to be like a super indie, like just you with the camera. But he had a sound person. He had a DP, people helping out. Um, and um, that day was interesting because I got to see the maestro under pressure because we were running short on time. I think we started like um, an hour or hour and a half late because of something was charging or something, right? I don't know if I would call it that late it was i i think we're waiting for uh, i don't know something to do with like camera being built or something Some, yeah, like, yeah exactly mm-hmm. so i so i could see the maestro being under pressure but he handled it like a pro he you know he was calm and the biggest thing when people are under pressure is they start to like annoyed or frustrated and they take it out on others or they make other people feel uncomfortable by the pressure they're feeling but eddie had none of that which is a very very good skill and i should i be looking at you or my camera because i feel like i've been looking at the camera you the have been looking at the camera a lot you can talk to me <laughs> so um so um it was interesting to see you work in that environment but that's when I walked out that day and be like, oh, Eddie really is a pro because everyone can work efficiently and great when everything's cool. But when there's pressure, that's when people's true mm. colors come out. And that's when you get to really see someone's skills and professionalism when it's put to the fire. Okay, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Yes. Yeah, that one we prepped kind of purposefully to be over ambitious like we wanted to see how much we can get done in that single day it was even like a you know a standard film days like a for whatever reason a 12 hour shoot day and normally i want to shoot for less than that like 10 hours i think this one we planned for eight yes Um, yeah we ended up going like eight hours and 45 minutes or something like that we went a little bit over and then you had to like rush to acting class i went to an acting class sad that we had to say goodbye so soon i know i felt so bad because so the people in that on that they were so cool i wanted to eat my burrito with them but i had to go the actor life is a hustle (laughs) y'all it's true um yeah so because we were max and i we just i just got back from new mexico shooting yes similar similarly stacked ambitious like four day short um so this was a little bit like a a, a re-warm-up to get prepped for that Oh. So I wrote the script to be like those a lot of those tiny vignettes. Yes. Just so it could be like, all right, how many mini scenes can we get done in a day? Right. And we didn't get all of them done, but uh, yeah, we got enough done where can, we can cut it into. It still made sense. Yeah. And you know what? If you said, hey, can we stay over? I would have gladly done it. I mean, I don't know if other people would have. I feel like they would have too, because it seems like they all love you. But um, yeah, he you had to cut some scenes, but same. You know, it was just. You just you just didn't let other people feel uncomfortable with the stress you're feeling, and that's a very good tool to have as a leader, and that's what a director is—a leader. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Of course, I know I was under a similar gun this last week, and that was uh, so that was that was good practice again for being yeah. Like, Things are crazy right now, and the first AD is breathing down my neck. The producer is breathing down my neck. The 
we have so much to shoot. We have a shot list of this many. We have like 10 shots listed, but we have to break it down and boil it down and shoot it in like two setups. Like which two setups do we do? Wait, we got to block the actors. Wait, I got to give attention to the actors. I got to give attention, you know. So everything's flying around and keeping that together is Now I have a juicy question for you, sir, sure. based off what you said. Everything you described and being able to work in that pressure-filled situation is a skill that's developed. I don't think it's a skill that you're 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 born with. So, what about your upbringing made you develop that ability to work under pressure? Um, what in my upbringing prepped me for those moments? Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know. I um, personality-wise, I've always been on the more introverted, mm. calm and collected, just in my own little world uh, side of things. So I always think back to like the story with uh, my my parents bring up this time. Like I think. As like a, I don't know how old I was. I was playing with Legos. Okay. So I think it's just kind of like a like a if you're talking nature versus nurture, this is a little bit a little bit nature built too. Where I'm just kind of like my parents used to always praise me for <laughs> for like we'd be at uh, an uncle's place and there's a bunch of kids running around and there's parents oh. talking over here and there's like a really noisy setting. Yeah. But like I would always just have my own yeah. little bubble by yeah. myself and I'd be playing Legos yeah. like. I block everything out and get the thing done and just yeah. be creative. So and your parents and family members would uh, praise you for that ability to yeah. be cool and collected. Yeah, and to not to not be really affected by the energy that was around and to still um, still perform. And this is more like play, but film is very playful and yeah. very. You still got to be very imaginative and be in that moment to really yeah. get things done, but. But I mean, like you said, it's uh, you you. I thought you. It's also just practice too. Like I've been, I'm approaching a decade of pursuing oh. the craft and making stuff and just going, doing it over and over and over again. You just get better at yeah. understanding what's going on around you, understanding what, what's worth letting affect you, what what isn't, and it, it can really uh experience helps a lot just getting those hours in the reps in yeah you really understand how to maintain that composure yeah well like i said you totally seem like a professional i mean not see you are a professional and it shows that's what i should have said <laughs> yeah i could totally i'm like this guy is a pro right away and i know that you were the leader of the runners club at oh University God. of Nevada, Reno. Is that I correct, don't I sir? Don't know, I don't know if I'd call myself a leader. You were... you, But you, it seemed like you organized runs for the college students there? I've been organizing stuff for a long time. I sure. know, and it pays <laughs> off. So you, 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 you're just... That's just in your blood. You like you like to... Okay, yeah, you want to... Okay, uh-huh, go for it. <laughs> you, you like to make things efficient for others and you like to help others because that's a lot of work organizing runs for college well, students it's not that i just want to organize i want everybody to feel welcome 
Oh. I want everybody to feel included. It's not enough to just set up a run and hey, come in a run, and then and then you have you have somebody who's who's uh, a little bit. We'll just we'll just use the film term that we already introduced. Green. They're mm. a newer runner. They're already like a little bit self conscious about their ability. They think yeah. everybody else around them has been running for years. So making them feel welcome and making sure you don't lose yes. people on the run and stuff like that's all the kind of the same stuff you want to show support and. I would plan like that. I was the fun run guy. <laughs> so, wow. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we would we would do easier ones where there's a lot of stoplights. We we had a, we we would wait up for people, and it was it was a nice uh, nice thing. But and you know why I think this is I find this even more respectable about you is because, like you said, you're an introvert. So I bet doing doing something like this. It's getting you out of your comfort zone because you have to interact with people. You have to like have high energy when you greet them, and you know, because you can't be shy when you're greeting someone. Oh, you could, but ideally, you want to be energetic and you want to initiate conversation. And mm-hmm. so, practice makes perfect. Then why not? Why am I not better at dating? Well, you date every once every three to five years, is what I heard. But I'm getting worse. Well, I'm confused. Do you want to be better at dating or not? <laughs> Either way. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've organized tons of stuff. As uh, Growing up in like high school, middle school, I would help organize friends to get together to play like Magic the Gathering or Super Smash Brothers. Oh, and wow. then through high Your school and stuff, yeah. yeah, we would we would play sports all the time at the park and get, you know, 10 to 20 people together oh, quite that's often. Oh, yeah. Um, into the running club and then I had like a whole game night thing where I hosted game nights for like a couple of years. Wow. So anything to get people together really uh, got me, prepped me well for getting film shoots together. It's all, it's all the same. But enough about me. I want to ask a no, question about sir. you. <laughs> okay, we'll be back. I'll throw a softball question. <laughs> so Ryan Koo. Yes. Your Instagram tag and your website, you have the name as yes. Hank Yol Ku? Yes. Can you explain? Yeah. Hank Yol Ku. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just thought it was such an Asian name, so I thought if I make it sound cooler. Okay, yes, Hank, explain that name. Yeah, so Hank Yol your real first name. Yeah, that's my legal name. Okay, yeah. I was. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just, I just want to clarify. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Hank Yo. Yeah. Uh, Hank Yo Um, I was born in Korea, so that's my actual name. Um, but you know, when you have um, like a lot of immigrants who have foreign names, um, they usually adopt an American name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came here when I was seven. And I adopted the name Ryan because my um because I really liked lions when I was younger. So my mom said, "Okay, you like lions. I'm gonna call you Ryan." And my brother's name was Leo, because of that, because of our love for lions. And um, yeah, Hank Hill's my legal name, but I I pretty much go by Ryan. Like nearly nobody ever calls me Hank Hill. Yeah, know. but it's okay. Copy you. I kind of figured as much. Yeah. Oh, did you think it was like my? No. Like actor name or something. Which one, Ryan? Hank Yo. No, no. I, I figured okay. I figured that was a response, but I'm like, I wonder. 
Because you still embrace it in the way of it's the it's still your website. You search Hink Y'all. Cool. Yeah. So it's a little. You know, I have this weird thing where I want my name. Like I have the maybe I don't know what it is, but I like. I got. I want to use my name. Like I want. I don't want to be called like Ketchup Boy or you know Asian King or whatever. I want to be called like my name, and that's my brand. But Ryan Koo was already taken. I actually know the Ryan Koo that has my website too. We met. It was weird. That um, has your website. That, or <laughs> <laughs> that has the domain name, which is also his name. I know. Aha! Uh-huh, I'm a narcissist. But um, I have this. We have weird thing, and I'm like, okay, well, I can't have Ryan Koo. Next best thing. I don't want to do like And that's that's my OCD. I don't want to do Ryan Koo one or Hey Ryan Koo or you know X Ryan Koo X. I want my name. And the next best thing was Han Kyo Koo. So. Have you considered reverting back to your given name, or is that too much of a too much of a stretch? Or you do you not have faith? Great question. Mm, I think I'm just gonna stay Ryan Koo because I no one ever calls me Han Kyo Koo like ever in my life. Well, so you, you can, uh, yeah, okay. And and I and I don't I don't have the desire to like rebrand myself or. Like, you know, have, like, a reawakening. Like, oh, I'm a different person. You'll now call me Han Kyo Cool. You know, I'm not, like, a Korean super Korea lover or something. I'm fine being called Ryan Koo. Okay. Um, but I will say, sometimes when people saw my name Han Kyo Koo, they wouldn't even try to, and they can't pronounce it. They would just call me, they would just call me Korea. In what context is it? are you talking about like high school? Are you talking about as, yeah. a, as a grown adult at the at the at a checkout line or something? Yeah, like at a like not at high school because they could probably get canceled. But like in like little clubs, they're like they see my name, they're like Han and uh, Korea. And this happened to my friend. Her name is Shekinah, and she said sometimes they if they can't pronounce it, they would say China. They would just say like the Asian country that they that remember. They, they assume. Yeah. Oh my, that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. Hank y'all looks. That doesn't look hard to pronounce. <clears throat> they could at least say Hank. Exactly. <laughs> well, good thing they didn't say North Korea. At least they kept the neutral Korea. Yeah. Versus, I mean, the it would be like South Korea would be correct. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. If they just said South Korea, I would be less offended. Now it's my turn, maestro. Okay. <laughs> go for it. Okay, so I'm guess did you go to school at University of Reno for film? Then I go to school. I did not go to school for film. Oh. You 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 did not. Okay, what did you go to f- school for? I went to university for uh engineering. And I saw that you were a mining engineering intern on your LinkedIn profile. Correct, correct. Mining so engineering. Patrol- oh, mining engineering. Yeah. That's like, you know, material. Yeah. There's there's a saying, anything in this world, everything in this world, I forget the saying. The, the purpose is... <laughs> oh, if, any, I, I was any, really any, looking forward <laughs> to it. <yes. laughs> any, anything, it's either grown or mined. So, you go to the grocery store and you get your food. That's grown. If you look at your iPhone, all the materials that it takes to build the iPhone, everything has to get mined out of the ground. 
So you are very, very academically intelligent. Because you don't be an engineer major if you're not. I'm good at. I was good at math and science. And science, yeah, did a lot of that stuff. That's like that the hurts. legit subjects that makes you a smart person, though. Like you could be really good in like English, but you're like, okay, well, that's yeah, English. Yeah. But if you say I'm really good at math, then you're like, that guy's yeah, probably it was smart. Yeah, good times. I like to brag about all the different calculus levels we had to take, yeah. and dynamics, and thermodynamics, and ventilation, and all that kind of cool stuff. So yeah. you were. You were mining, (laughs) you were mining intern. So did you, engineers make a lot of money and I know mining engineer, I'm guessing that's very niche like petroleum engineering because I had students, I had friends that wanted to do petroleum engineering because it's so niche and which means they make a lot of money than other engineers who already make a lot of money. So you sacrificed a very stable, comfortable lifestyle to pursue the craft of, to pers- to pursue an artistic goal. Was that a hard decision? And what was the catalyst to make you forgo your okay. your degree and that comfortable lifestyle? So luckily, well, I don't know. Okay, there's lots of okay. There's a lot of questions there. Yeah, for starters. <laughs> The answer is yes. It's very niche. Um, the overall initial plan was go to school and get the get the stable stable high paying job, and then eventually move to LA and pursue film. That so was it. Was a, always your filming was always a goal. At some point, somehow, yeah. Initially, I wanted to be an actor first. Oh, um, you would be a great actor. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so that was the initial plan was to, cause yeah, mining engineers will commonly make like, yeah, six figures out of college. So year one, making bank, do a couple, do a few years, move to LA with stacks in your back pocket by that time, um, to build the experience. But, um, I don't know. There's a couple, a couple of things there. I'm thinking about my last semester of college. I was so burnt on all the sciences and math that I'm like, well, just, just for me, I'm gonna take a, a acting one-on-one class, yeah. just to, and that, that relit my creative spark, reopened me up as a person. I was kind of like dying inside for sure. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. The interning mining job was is was the only time i ever worked at a mine and never i never worked at a mine after that um so i got the degree and luckily air quotes um because <laughs> uh the economy the mining economy crashed oh. uh in in nevada i went to school in reno yes. it's a big gold and silver mining state yeah the, Nevada provides, I don't know, it's, if Nevada were its own country, it like provides, I don't know, like the third most gold oh, in the wow. entire world okay. or something crazy oh, like that. Oh, entire world. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's a lot of gold. So they make a lot of money out there. Gold price was like at a at record highs while I was going to school. So for that gold is sold by the ounce. It was like reaching over $2,000 an ounce while I was in school. They mine lots of ounces. Uh, so during that, so pretty much in school, it was looking great because all the companies were expanding. Everybody was exploring additional territories and opening up 
more mines and stuff. But yeah. then when, as soon as I graduated, the price plummeted from over 2000 down to like seven or $800 an ounce. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then Eesh. they uh, stopped their exploration. They, they were laying off people. And that's when I graduated is when that was going on. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, there's no jobs. Um, that's okay. I didn't want to do it anyway. Yeah. But then... still, you probably could have found the job somewhere, I imagine, Maybe. with that degree. Yeah. yeah. Even if you had to go out of the country or out of state. Probably. Yeah. The other thing about, I don't know how much you know about mining, but. <laughs> very, very little. <laughs> My, mines are uh, definitely an out of sight, out of mind thing people don't like to see big holes in the ground and mountains being torn up in their backyard so they're normally out in the boonies like in the desert they're in the middle of the desert in the middle of so essentially working in the middle of nowhere doing that that's why they pay you so much because you don't well yeah you don't really have a life yeah and you're just in the desert but you make a lot of money you make a lot of money But for why? What are you gonna do with it? You get your you buy uh, you know ATVs and you go hunting and yeah. you drink a lot of beer. Like I don't know what people do with money. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but you're right. I totally get that burnout thing. I think that if you're an artistic person, which you are, and a creative person, which you are, and you're being forced to do something else with your time, it is such a draining thing. It will drain the soul right out of you. Yeah. So. Then what? When did you realize you wanted to be a director? If it wasn't after college, sure. So graduated, no jobs. I'm like, all right. Well, I'm in Reno. I I think it'd be stupid for me to move to Los Angeles now, because like I said, the plan was move to LA with a lot of money, so I don't have to stress about yeah stuff yeah, expenses. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I can't just move to Los Angeles with. No experience and no money, right. so I'm like, well, I can I can control one thing. Let's control the experience thing. Let's let's do some stuff in Reno. So I and really quick plug, you were sure. the number two most influential filmmaker in Reno. I saw that on your LinkedIn <laughs> as well. Yeah, 2018 or 19, yeah. Yeah, they have a they have a nice little yearly poll of uh, yeah. of uh, of stuff and like top whatever's top chef, top yeah. hairstylist, all that kind of things. And there's a top filmmaker category. Yes, Hanetti V Hill, the maestro. I was number three, and then I moved to number two the next year, and then I moved to LA. So I was like, if I would have stayed. I would hit number one. Ooh, that number one guy was probably sweating bullets until you moved to L.A. Yeah, exactly. They had it all to themselves. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? So you you decided to get some film experience while you were in okay. Reno before moving. Okay. So I wanted acting experience. So because oh. uh, I took the acting one on one class, yeah. that instructor recommended me to a woman she knew that was casting for a theater show. And they were desperate. Community, it's community theater, so you know. I don't know if you've done community theater before. They don't want me. <laughs> they don't want you. Uh, <laughs> small town community theater. Okay. Well, kind of. You know, it's classically they'll take whoever they can get. Okay. Sometimes depending oh, okay. on the smaller roles and stuff. Yeah. It was a musical. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's. A big so one. I yeah. I signed up for this musical. What musical? 
Hamilton? It was original. Oh! oh. It was oh. like a local writer. It was like a collaboration. Some woman was from like England or something, and then the dude was local, and they were going to produce this original musical in Reno just to kind of, I don't know what their plan was. But I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, for sure. Let's jump right in. If I'm going to do acting, I can't be afraid. I got to get out of my comfort zone, oh, all wow. that kind of stuff. That's a big leap, though. <laughs> I would have done like a, like a small YouTube skit, but you went right for the, the musical. Wow. <laughs> So I didn't really Bold. know what I was getting myself into. Luckily, I was an ensemble guy, okay. and I didn't. Uh, I still had to do some singing lessons. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Well, yeah. singing rehearsals with yeah. that was all torture. It was horrible. Hey, oh, horrible. Can we hear a little <laughs> la line? Uh, <clears throat> no. But um, old Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. See, you're pretty good. You could have done it. You could have done it. Me, however. Just kidding. Well, okay, yes, going on, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so I did that play. I I, I was I was thinking about that play recently too. I forgot. Oh, on this last one I was on, I was talking to the actors about accents. Oh, okay. And this play was asking me to do a. I had like one scene. <laughs> I had one scene where I got to like feature and had some oh, lines. Okay. It was like a jail scene. I was playing a guard. Oh, okay. And uh, the the director came to me and was like, "We would like for this character to have to have an Irish accent." <gasps> That's hard. And I'm like, if I'm gonna do acting, I gotta you know get comfortable with yes. like I gotta be able to nail this stuff. This is a great a, a chance for me to figure this thing out. Yeah. Oh, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. And I went home and I watched some YouTube videos. Oh, how to speak in a, an Irish accent? <laughs> and I practiced the lines. What yeah. were the lines? I don't remember. This has been so long. Okay. I don't remember the lines. I remember showing up like, I don't know, a few days later or something crazy like that, like a week later. And we were rehearsing the scene in front of the director. And I was trying Irish accent. And she just had to kind of like wave me off and be like, Forget the Irish accent. We're not going to do the Irish accent. No, you put in all that work. And was it because she didn't like your Irish accent? Or was it just because like she just realized it didn't need an accent? It was, I obviously cannot pull off an Irish accent. No! I'm sure you could have. Like, was, was she, did she want like crazy Irish? Like I think like, she just wanted to sound authentic you know you just want the authenticity you don't want you don't want it to sound like an actor who's putting on an accent you want it to feel like that's the character and i wasn't and this was my first show so i didn't have the tool set i didn't i was nervous i didn't have the uh, training i didn't have a proper dialect coach like all that kind of stuff so it was kind of like dead on arrival there but were you like no i want to keep my irish act were you that actor did you (laughs) I was like, thank you so much. Oh, well, how did the lines go without the accent then? No, it's fine. Okay. I don't know. So, so I did that one. I did another play later that year. Oh, wow. I took some scene study classes for about like a year. And then I realized, uh, okay, and this is the long answer to get to. I realized like I didn't want to be on a stage. I wanted to be on camera. It's different acting. I wanted, I wanted. Yes, 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 yes. I wanted to, I liked more of the short form. Like you, you only need to know X amount of lines each setup and stuff. Like you were talking about before, where there's a lot of smaller vignettes, a few lines here. Yeah. You can kind of go bit by bit. You didn't didn't need to know the full play. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then go on stage yeah. and just yeah yeah <clears throat> very a lot more hardcore and to you do get that, you get yeah. to retry you only have to do it good once and then you can move on right like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so a lot of benefits to film yes yeah but there's really no film going on in Reno so I dev- I decided to Oh. produce my own stuff like a web series oh. i was convinced from like my roommate at the time too she was like you know just go for it do the thing and i committed to a 10 episode web series did that and that, i did all that work so i can act so oh. i wrote roles for myself but then i had to write it i had to direct it i had to my girlfriend at the time was like shooting it for me i had to edit it myself I had to coordinate people and get them to show up to set, figure out sound. So through, so you're a hustler. So I respect hustlers. So boom, you're a hustler, sir. Uh, uh, so it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where I had so much going on in my mind every time that I shot one of those things that I couldn't give my full self to the actor. Yes. yes. Because I'm thinking yeah. of yeah. everything. Yeah. So I couldn't really, I've never really had an opportunity to go 100% actor because I'm always producing it or directing it or right. something else is splitting my brain. Where yeah. I, I just can't be there as an actor. Yeah. So I hated acting because I just didn't feel like I was giving my yeah. all to it. Yeah. But I loved the coordinating. I loved the putting others in front of the camera that wanted to be there. I loved editing the pieces yeah and i loved right yeah i loved the whole process except for the acting so yeah. i tossed that aside and kind of uh yeah found my home more on the on the directing side and eventually fell into script supervising and now here i am in la those are my main two pillars is continuity and uh director producer life you're so right i recently um i'm trying to shoot a short film same thing, direct uh, directing it myself, and I'm do I'm also doing the sound, I'm doing the the shots and all that because, you know, as an actor, there's a lot of waiting for auditions, and and also you want to put out your own content and whatnot. Just do everything you can to make you more castable, or you know, you know. But you're right. I noticed that I can't. There's so many things I have to think about that I can't. It's so hard to just put off and just focus on the acting. So. I, I it wasn't as enjoyable as well. Um but wow, you so you're you were self taught. You're a self taught director if you didn't go to how did you manage to figure out how to do all that directing stuff then if you didn't even go to school for film and you went you took acting classes, you didn't take directing classes. Yeah. Um <sighs> It's bit by bit. It's baby steps. So I know when I was taking scene study classes, you're essentially breaking down... St- like the your instructor is essentially a director where they're talking to you about intention, they're talking to you about blocking, yeah. they're helping you break down as an actor what to come prepared with. I know watching her give direction to all the actors was... Like she was great, and I pulled a lot from her, and I was like, okay, this—that's she's pseudo directing right now. So I got a lot from watching her because she was she was scene stu- scene study for film, most specifically film. Um, and then 
I did all the work that I could to end up on other sets to help oh. people in any capacity that I could. So I would be self-producing my own stuff and then volunteer any time that I could to stuff that came into town. There's like, you know, there's a few days where some small feature would be shooting at a casino or something. And they'd be looking for local volunteer PAs. And I'd be like, yeah, please, me, take me, take me. And then I'd go out, witness that set, pick up what that AD was saying, pick up with how that director was handling themselves. Oh, it's, yeah. Pull that, bring that You're to my own thing. Yeah, there's stuff. Completely self-taught by experience. And yeah, yeah, that's the best way. Watching and then doing and then watching and then doing back and forth for like five years before I moved to Los Angeles. That was my film school. Uh, yeah. 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 You a hustler, man. And now I'm here. You're a hustler. So I just try to, I try to um, do the best that I can to uh, be um, giving in the same way. Like it was really hard for me to get those kernels of information when I was coming up where a lot of people didn't want me on their sets. Like, they're like, oh, we got our people. We don't really need any extra help. You'd be kind of getting in the way kind of thing when you want to learn. So I try my best to uh, be a little bit more open than that with my stuff. I want people to show up. And when they show up, I'm not abusing their time. I'm trying to make it educational for them and include them and all that kind of stuff. So I try to, you know, that's some, that's where I come from it, at it from. But, yeah. The maestro. That's That's me. The Maestro of Reno. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thank, Thank you. you for sharing. Thank you. I want to talk about you a little bit. <laughs> I'm an open book. Um, Can we talk a little bit about your origin and your switch into uh, this performance side? Um, I know a little bit about it, but I would mm. love to hear more about what prompted you to jump into stand-up? What prompted you to mm. jump into acting at all? What you were doing before? What the dream was before? And what changed mm. in there? If you want to set the scene for that. How much time do we have? We got five minutes. Wait, really? I was like, oh man, that went really fast. <laughs> um, Yeah. That's a great, wonderful question, and it's going to be a long answer, probably. We got time, we got time. Yeah, well, um, my goal for the longest time since I was a freshman in college was to become a college choir professor until the pandemic happened. Um, so I have, I have one, two, three, four degrees and music education or choral conducting. So I was very set. I'm like, this is the path for me. This is what I want to do. This is my passion in life. Um, so all that to say, I was in choirs for a very long time. So I was performing in front of people um, where I got very comfortable being on stage. Or not very comfortable, but I was comfortable on stage. I wasn't like when I decided I want to do acting, like it wasn't a big, big jump. Cause I, it's, you know, I was still performing. I was singing in front of people. I just wasn't acting, acting in front of people. Um, what changed though is the pandemic. Um, 
And I'm going to spill some tea here. So if some of my high school students are listening, you're about to get some juicy deets. Um, <coughs> I had, well, one, it's extremely difficult to teach choir on Zoom. So it's burning me out. You know, I, ha I already had a bunch of kids who never, who didn't want to be in choir. You know, now try teaching them with a computer and a PlayStation 4 in front of them the whole time. You know, it's impossible. Um, so that was burning me out. And my principal was being weird. And it all started from a Zoom meeting where I was eating a bowl of noodles. And he, like, super passive-aggressively yelled at me in front of everyone. Saying, he, he literally, like, said, like, don't, you shouldn't be eating, blah, blah, blah. But here's my thing. I was only eating on Zoom because, one, you never told us we can't eat on Zoom, right? You never said anything. Two, some pe a lot of people had their screens off. Some people were driving. Some people were obviously not paying attention. So it's not like everyone was focused and you said, don't eat. And I was just eating on Zoom. I was eating on Zoom because... I thought, you know, you could do it. And other people were doing worse things like having their screen off. I I guess maybe if I turned my screen off, he wouldn't have yelled at me. Who knows? But anyways, he yelled at me. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, um, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't like uh, angry. I, I thought it was like an overreaction for sure. But I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. And, and I moved on. But after that... He tried to, like, find all these things to get me in trouble. Like, stuff that happened, like, like from the year before, too. So he would bring up, like, old stuff ever since that meeting, which I thought was weird. So I think he was, like, butthurt or something. So, and he was trying to, like, punish me more. Like, so I'm saying he's, he was probably very petty. And then... um. He would also find new things to get me in trouble that he never was concerned with before. Like, I had a social media page for the choir page, and sometimes I would post, like, goofy clips from rehearsal. And um, I posted a goofy clip of a student, and then that student commented, I'm dead, with a skull emoji, which is obviously a sarcastic, this is so funny. Yeah, dying laughing, yeah. Yeah, and he called his parents and said, is your kid suicidal? And the kid obviously wasn't. He's like, no, no, I, that was a joke, clearly a joke. But he, he brought that up to me like, like, why are you saying this to students? Like, they could commit suicide. It wasn't like stupid things like that. And, um, and then he put me on probation and said, if you do something off, I'm going to fire you. And what hurt the most about this was I spent so much money out of my own pocket, probably more than $5,000, honestly, that I didn't have to spend to build this program, to make the program more fun for kids. And I was spending a lot of time that I didn't need to spend after school and all that to build this program. And and this and he's going to treat me like this because of a dumb... Honestly, what I think is because he was butthurt about me eating on Zoom. That's what it seemed like to me. Um... And there was one more incident. This was probably the this is the one that got me on probation. But it's super juicy. Do you guys want to hear it? Let's hear it. 
Oh my gosh. So it was a, a rehearsal. After school rehearsal, I was with a female student. Is this too much tea for your podcast, Mr. No, Eddie? Go for it. Go for it. Female student. We're very close, you know? I was with my. It was me, her, and my baby brother, who was like 15 years old at the time. So, high school student as well, same age as her. And um, her dad was supposed to pick her up, but she didn't come for two hours. So I'm sitting in there with her and my brother for two hours, just waiting. And my brother was very, very hungry, so he was getting annoyed. So I'm like, hey, female student, can you call your dad and ask if we can go to the boba place across the street and wait there so we can eat while waiting? It's already been two hours. The boba place is across the street. It's after school, and I'm getting permission from your dad. Can you call your dad and ask? And he said, sure. So we go off campus and, and, and go to that boba store, right? And that was the incident. He's like, he made it sound like I was, he made it, he tried to manipulate it like, why are you going off campus with a female student? And I'm like, bro, my brother was there. We were waiting for two hours for an after-school rehearsal I didn't have to be at. I had to, the dad give permission. So that left a very, all that left a very nasty taste in my mouth. And, like, I don't want to teach at this school for sure, but it kind of burnt me out. And at the same time when this was all going on, it was the pandemic. So I was taking a lot of acting classes. And I was having a lot more fun doing acting classes, uh, improv classes, and, um... How did the uh, principal get word of the waiting across the street story? Um, I think a teacher saw me going off campus and told him or something with the student and my brother. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and but you know what the funny thing is, when I told him I'm gonna quit, guess what he said? How can we get you to stay? Maybe you don't treat someone who bust their butt to make your car program good like like poop you know mm -hmm. so that's when i knew it was like it was just being petty it was a power move and you know so you you had did you con well i know the pandemic was probably was still raging when you made the call right like school hadn't opened up yet you weren't going back to in person all that kind of stuff had you considered waiting through the pandemic and finding another program to go to or you knew that because being, being that you didn't have to go back to that program, but maybe right. you could have gone to another Yeah, one. I definitely thought about it for sure. Um, but, you know, um, I kind of like you, I hate doing something that I'm not passionate about. And by that point, it was two years of not being able to, forcibly not being able to do that I was passionate about, which is choir conducting. So it kind of, I was forced to be burnt out. And I knew that I just didn't have the same amount of passion than I had for acting. So I knew that at that point, if I did go to another program while I had this newfound interest in acting, I probably would have been burnt out again. And also I would have been um, teaching kids without them being my first priority. And I didn't think that was fair either. 
Um, but also, I always had the acting bug. Um, when I was in middle school, I wanted to be an actor. I went to a, a summer camp, but I was horrible. When I was a freshman in high school, the only acting class I... The only class I ever got an F in was my drama class. My high school drama teacher failed me my first semester. Second semester, he gave me a 70%, which is the lowest passing grade. But he he, he really didn't like me. Um, but we had... Um, for our final, everyone was performing for a play... But he had me go to the back and spray paint a table black. And that was my final. What? Yeah. <laughs> it, I, if cancel culture was popular then and that got out, hell, he would have been canceled so fast. But I literally, he handed me a spray can while the play was going. On the day of the play performance, he personally pulled me out, took me to the back porch. Gave me a spray can and said, spray paint this black. Spray paint this black. This is your final? Yeah. Oh. While everyone was performing in the very next room. Wow. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. That's sad. And I spray painted that table in character of a sad, depressed student. See, so you jumped into. <laughs> All right. So you've had the bug. <laughs> However, because I, I was thinking back to like, okay, you're talking about high school, right? That's high school. Mm -hmm. I had zero ambition to try acting in high school, even though okay. I liked the idea of acting. I waited till college to yeah. try it. I couldn't do it. But um, I did think about like I had a. I was horrible in high school too. I hate. I was uh, so bad. In, in acting, uh, like I was in a Shakespeare class where we, oh, it was more the literary English side where you're reading and stuff. But there was one assignment where you take a play and you make a five minute short out of it, and I got to act and do some editing in, on those things. Okay, and it was just the worst. It's just so bad. Why? It's just so. Well, I, at the time, I didn't even know how to, like, inflect my voice. Like, I was just, like, monotone <laughs> high school kid, shy in front of the camera, nervous about the thing he wants to do. And I just couldn't... It was just horrible. What gave you the acting bug? Well, it's the way that I explain it these days is it's more like... I feel like it's a normal person thing when you watch a movie. Yeah. And you get excited about movies. Yeah. The thing that you see... You see the actors, like that's, you don't really understand what goes on behind the scenes or how the thing right. is made. You're just like, oh my gosh, wearing that Spider-Man suit would be sweet. Like, yeah, I want to yeah, like, yeah. be that. <laughs> like, wanted, yeah, that looks awesome. I want to be that guy. Yeah. Because you don't think about script supervisors or whatever when, yeah. you're, when you're watching a yeah. movie. But yeah, that's kind of what, just watching a movie, I don't know, Spider-Man, I don't know. W w would you ever act again if, an opportunity arises like maybe like jamie says hey i got a role i think you'll be a great fit for or well i think i tried it i tried it recently oh okay and it was horrible again <laughs> well because i don't know if you go to my instagram okay. um at eddie v hill v yes that uh, aren't Check following me yet um you hit you click the little reels like instagram reels and i have those black and white little portrait back and forth there 
there's a couple. I mean, that's all me acting. Like that's oh, those are that's me. Oh yes, playing I think myself. I saw one of them. Yes. So I'll play myself acting across another version of myself. Yes, I and, saw one of those. Those, those are funny. I have a I have a few of those, and those are fun. And thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and I write it and I act it, and it's meant to be like acting as a joke too. It's not a it's not serious acting. But that I enjoy I enjoy that. But the um. I don't know. I kind of reverted to like almost old 10 years ago, Eddie, when I got handed a chance to act again. I had a buddy, similar thing. He was like, I'm writing a thing. He's a newer director. He's like, I just want to make another short. And I wrote a role for you. Would you be down to do it? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Me as an actor. Let's, yeah. I haven't had a chance like this for, for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but I hated it. Really? You I hated, hated it? I hated it. I did not enjoy it at all. I didn't like That's it. That's interesting. I was busy working the week leading up to it, too, so I didn't really put much time into the actual prep, like the character building. I didn't really act it out much on my own or anything like that, so I didn't really prep for it. I think that's partial to blame. But then there's this thing, too, that a lot of I don't hear a lot of actors talking about, but... It's the, the preset hanging out with actors waiting bit. Like, yeah. I wanted to feel that out. And I was like, okay, I'm usually the guy on set yeah. managing everything and then calling the actor when it's time to come. But yeah. being the actor waiting to get pulled to set, it's kind of a thing of its own. It's like its own little pseudo side world there. Yeah. That uh, I was sitting there nervous. Right. Uh, my nerves were building and it was just like actor talk i'm like i i'm not an actor yes you are <laughs> sir yes you are i don't i i i do the podcast because i enjoy talking to people and i want to dig a little bit deeper and get you can't really do that right in that kind of setting yeah. it's it's small talk it's talking about trying to get our agent or talking about this latest gig you're on or yeah. and I'm like I don't really ca- I don't I don't care for small talk. I don't like it. Yeah. And I'm and I'm kind of like I want to almost be the actor but like I just wish I guess like I had my own trailer and I could just kind of wait oh. there whole hole up. Yeah. And prep and then just get called and it was time. I would have preferred that versus the the group yeah. setting. Yeah. But then I get, I get called out and I just kind of ramped it up too much in my head. I thought too much about it. And I I, I feel like I tripped up a little bit. And I was just really nervous and sweating and stumbling. And, well, and, and in my head, it felt really bad. But I, I, don't know, I think I, I got a couple of decent moments there. But it was, oh. I did not enjoy it. Um, but wow. maybe I just got to, I feel like it's, it's just more of like I hadn't done it in a while. And I built it up too much. So if I if I kept doing it or did it more, I'm sure I'd get more comfortable. Well, what was the director's feedback? Was he trying to coach you or? Well, again, he's a newer director too. So I don't know. I feel I feel like there's an element as well where I've helped him. Like he's watched me direct play. I've directed him before. We have that, but then directing me and like I don't. I don't know. I don't really feel like it was 100%. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he would have spoken up 
about giving me direction if he just kind of let me do what I was going to do and called it good. Like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to ask how am I doing? Like, I didn't, I didn't even just like, let's just get this stuff scared. Would you say? I should, I should ask him though. <laughs> so being a professional experienced director now, would you say that that is a common beginning director mistake? Not giving feedback when they sh- feel like they sh- should be giving feedback or well it's kind of i i i'm i don't want to speak for him but uh i feel like there are probably just nerves on both sides of the equation there so he's not at a place where he's confident in direction giving and i'm at a place where i'm not confident in even receiving direction right now like i'm just i'm scared on my end and he's scared on his end and we're just we're oh. just fumbling through it on both sides this kind of uh which is fine but i wish i could have uh yeah i would love to uh, i i say i would love to try it again but um it kind of it has to almost be in like you're casting me as a joke like it should be like i don't like I, a skit uh, or a sketch kind yeah where it's i don't know it's tricky too what um let's see <clears throat> So you have a black belt. Hold <laughs> on, sir. I have a good question here. What is... Have you ever given direction to an actor and they got upset at you? And if if that happened, what's the worst situation? What is the worst story of that? The um, most an actor got mad at you after giving them direction. Okay. The, the story that comes to mind... Luckily... I haven't really had any crazy experiences with that, but there is something that comes to mind where I was directing an actor who was also a producer on the project. Oh, okay. uh, I gave this actor, but it was, it was kind of just to clarify where the confusion kind of comes in is you have the producer at the top. Yes who helps to bring me in as the director. So I'm underneath the producer. But then I'm giving directing, I'm directing the actor. Right. But they're also the producer. So I'm I'm coming up with my own, I'm coming up with my own creative vision and I have ideas for what the actor can do. But then the actor also has ideas because they're the producer. So... The only instance that kind of happened with where that got muddy was I had a vision and I communicated it with the team and we're all setting up to to accomplish this vision, but I didn't keep the actor in mind for the thing. I was like, oh, in normal situations, it'd be like I'd go to the actor and I'm like, all right, Ryan, so we're setting up for this. We're going to shoot it like this. What I need from you is this and this. And ideally... If you have notes on it, we can kind of work through that and kind of meld it together. In this situation, the actor kind of fought back a little bit on the thing. I was like, why are we doing it like that? And uh, it was kind of at the end of a longer day. It was like near the end of the week, and we're just kind of tired. And uh, it ends up being like we're on set right now, and the, the people are waiting for us, and I'm trying to explain to you. So we're so we're currently set up for this. If we can just 
shoot it like this because you know like that sort of thing but it wasn't like uh nobody was yelling nobody was it was just kind of like an obvious awkward discomfort um how like did a, it get resolved did uh, he just say like okay fine or we sh- we shot two variations of it so it was more of like all right we'll we'll do it like that but first let's make sure we get this one and then We'll move the camera and we'll shoot it like this. Which which one made it to the shot? <laughs> the uh, the not my vision, <laughs> which is fine. They were was close that your enough. choice? No, I was not in the ed- I was not. I wasn't in the post process oh, for this one. Oh shoot! But it's fine. It, it worked. It worked well. It was just more of like a stumble towards the end of a long week, and we're tired, and the communication was a little bit thin on that one. So. It was just like, uh, but that's a little bit, yeah, I guess a little bit convoluted with the whole titles thing. Is yeah. producer, actor, director, and who has final say and what, what's going on there. How do directors feel when they suggest to an actor that we're going to do it like this and the actor says, well, can we try it this way? Or can we, can I, can, what if we do it like this? Do they like get when actors try to join in the creative process in that capacity or do they just prefer actors to be like, oh, you want to like that? Okay, I could do that for you. Well, I guess let me let me clarify. I guess when you say they as as directors, I'm I'm thinking a lot about like when I script supervise, I work alongside a lot of directors that way. And so I'm thinking about that. I feel like it takes an experienced, confident actor to properly communicate that. And it takes an experienced, confident director to be open to that too. So similar, it's like the complete opposite of the one I was acting in where I'm nervous and scared on my end and they're nervous and scared on their end. Like you're not really going to come up with anything. (laughs) You're not going to find a way to make it interesting with, with two scared creatives. But with two confident creatives, I do see it's it's it all depends all project to project of course and shot to shot sometimes you really have the specific marks in mind and you just need okay i just need you to start here and here the line needs to be delivered between these two points and it should be done at this point and you want to sit into this and play the piano or whatever the thing is you know but i like to live in the world where yes please let's talk through it let's enter the space it's kind of the classic um block light shoot method it's um filmmaking 101 where everybody's breaking down the last setup or whatever the case is or i don't know you're entering a new space and the director and the actors and whoever's relevant come in and we talk through the scene it's like all right ryan so you and spencer we have this kitchen here and we have a living room here i'm kind of envisioning he walks off this way and you walk off this way or maybe open the fridge or let's we got to find something for you for you guys to do here like let's what are the ideas <laughs> and we'll brainstorm together on what feels right Spencer will play through some stuff you'll react to his stuff and we'll we'll work through it once we're happy with it we'll run it for the crew and Max will light it and then we'll shoot it but like we spend time figuring out that blocking together as a collaborative team whether I mean, ideally, I come in and I've seen the space before. I have ideas. I've been prepping. And then still then, ideally, you've been prepping too. And 
you're like, well, I imagine blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's work that in. Let's figure that. Or maybe I like the thought, but let's, we're not, let's, let's not do it that way or right. whatever. But I think voicing stuff is important. Have you ever gotten upset on set? <laughs> have I ever gotten upset? Do you have any... Uh, like angry at someone on set where you had to express your anger towards them or your discontentment? The only time... I would be curious to to hear how others received these moments. <laughs> but when it's crunch time... Like you have like two shots and you have like 20 minutes left? Yeah, when, like you, when you have no time and a lot to do... And you, me as a director, understand, okay, me as a script supervisor, too, I understand coverage, I understand, well, me as a filmmaker in general, I understand how things are going to cut, I understand what I need to have a scene in the edit, I understand, um, I also work as a first AD on occasion, too, so I understand timing, so when I, when I am told we have an hour, and... In my head, I know how many shots I want to get. And then I hear conversations around me of stuff that is not currently useful or helpful to help us get what we need in the time that we have. I have on occasion. Uh, me raising my voice is not a typical... I'm, I'm, I, I don't imagine I don't, raising your voice. It's more of a... I'll call it projecting my voice. Sometimes we'll be setting up for something and somebody gets confused on an element. And I'm like, guys, wait, we, that's you projecting your voice. Right this now? is not, I'm not projecting oh, my go, voice go, go, right go. now. I'm like, guys, we do not. I'm like, that doesn't matter right now. Let's put okay. that down where I don't, I don't care about that section. Forget the hallway. We're focused here over here. Like I'll kind of bring whatever me raising my voice is like, I, I try to keep that calmness. I don't want to create tension. Yeah, I don't want to create tension, but I got to put my foot down and be stern with it too. It's like, I thought this through. We already shot the hallway in this other shot. Like we don't for, for, forget, get, get, let's get the thing that we need right now. This is the spot that we need. Camera should go right here. It should follow our actor from here to here. And this is what we're setting up for. Let's stop wasting time over here. So sometimes I'll cut off conversations and be like, I don't care about this. Focus here. <laughs> Do you think in the future you'll ever have to raise your voice and get upset at someone? If they're like, let's say you told him multiple times, like, let's focus here and he keeps talking or he ignores you or he talks back and says like, like, no. No, that's not my tactic. That's never my tactic. So you would never ever raise your voice. I don't know how to raise my voice. <laughs> You never raised your voice against someone? Like yelled at someone? It's not productive. It's not helpful. But if you're mad, sometimes you can't control it. What I do is I go the opposite way where I'll speak quieter. Like I, I, I kind of prefer to go from the, I'll call it the disappointed dad oh. perspective on like I'm sad now and I don't like that... Like I'm just I'm just not happy right now, and now I'm not having fun, and this is the moment's ruined, like that that kind of stuff. I'll kind of like, what are, what are we even doing here right now? Like I'll, I'll have kinda, you said this before on set? 
Um, because that was very scary just now. <laughs> like that really defeated me. Like, oh fudge, I messed up. So I'll put people in that position if I need to. But that's 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 the equivalent of me raising my voice, where I'll speak up on like somebody else will be getting angry. And I will counter it with my disappointment in them for getting angry versus getting mad at them. I think that's my preferred thing. It's it, I think that's uh, it's my way of showing that I care. Like I really do care about the projects I work on and I want everybody to be happy. I put a lot of work into making sure that everybody's getting what they came here to get out of the project. I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't, and I want to listen to everybody's input. And like, it's, I try very hard on my sets. So when people are getting upset around me, it makes me, it makes me sad. Wow. Like, come on guys, let's give the benefit of the doubt here. Let's, you know, all that kind of stuff. But so I don't, I don't, if I, if I yell, no, that's not. That's I something something else. Some, something else is going on for sure. Wow, we <laughs> interesting. I can't believe you never had you you um yeah, never yelled before. Like yelled at a person. That's, that's on set. Yeah, no. No. Oh, well, you have yelled at a person offset. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm old enough to where I've I've experimented in my time. But oh. <laughs> You know, I've yelled. I've, I've tried. You know, growing up, I raised my voice at my parents before, right, and, yeah. and, and, re- and regretted that immediately. Like, oh. uh, you know, that, that sort of stuff happens through. Because they spanked you. No. Oh. That's you know, you get into arguments with your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you watch TV sometimes. And you're like, I should try yelling sometime, and you try it, and you're like, that was not a good idea. Oh. <laughs> I feel I feel worse for yelling. Like it's, that's just just mean. Yelling is mean. It makes me feel bad, and it makes the other person feel bad. That's not the kind of, that's not the kind of energy I want to put out. Very mature way of thinking. I wish I can say the same about me not yelling at people. You yell? No. I do. Not a lot, but I definitely. If I'm, the more upset I get, the more likely it is for me to yell and not go the quiet way. Although I would agree, the quiet way is more often than not more effective. But yeah, I do yell, and it's very scary when I yell. But and but you're right, I don't like it. After I yell, I, I sometimes I can't sleep at night because of all the adrenaline and all that. Yeah, you, you know? gotta go places to get that. Yeah, which is I guess the point of yelling too. You have to actually feel the anger to yeah. properly convey the intent. Koreans are really good yellers. Okay. Nothing scarier than a Korean person yelling at you because they're mad. They just have that. You could just taste the anger in their voice. So if you never need an actor being really mad at someone, I'm your guy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I know for me too, I don't respond well to others yelling. Yeah. It doesn't really affect me much. I've found a way to... I've got a pretty strong defense for yellers. I'm like, this isn't... Again, this isn't productive. It doesn't... Right. Yeah. So if you're yelling at me, we need to, we need to bring you down to have a good... Yeah. Com- we, yeah. Can't, we can't communicate. Like, yeah. that's the whole... That's and that's the, whole the thing. only way to defuse a yeller. Yeah. You If you try to match their energy, it'll just go that's, back and forth. Yeah. yeah. So you have a black belt. 
<laughs> yeah, I do have a black belt. Um, How does this, this fit into your choir life? Where, what What's going on here? Oh, well, I kind of have like a black belt. And I put it in quotes because I got it when I was in eighth grade. So I was really young. I was like oh, okay. 13 or 12. So I granted, I did go to Taekwondo for two years. And I'm in middle school, so I wasn't like a baby baby. But yeah, I was in eighth grade when I got it. Took a 15-year break. Started back last year in May went to the same taekwondo school i went to 15 years ago which was awesome but i found wushu which is like kung fu and i ended up liking that a lot more um especially because i think it translates more better on film just because it looks cooler and it's more flashy so now i'm a green belt in wushu and i've been doing wushu for almost a year no 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 like nine months now eight months and i love it but yes I am technically a black belt. Technically yeah. speaking. Okay. That's cool. So what um why what are the benefits? Like why why get back into it? What uh I know Okay, yes, please. Oh. <laughs> well, when I decided um towards the end of the pandemic like I think I'm going to try to pursue this acting thing. Obviously, I'm Asian uh and um you know, like, I feel like I could go up for roles where martial arts is included, you know? So, and I I'll, and I want to do roles like that, you know? I would be super, it would be super fun to do roles like, you know, in Shang-Chi or some fighting movie or whatnot. So, I thought it would be a good skill to have. So, I decided to uh, pursue again, pursue it again. And the benefits, you know, it's a great workout. Um, your reflexes get really good. Your Your body becomes more coordinated. Um, and it's just fun. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy doing cool things. Although I can't do any cool things right now because I'm still a lower belt. But it was mainly for film, for acting. I thought it would enhance my acting career and make me more castable if I'm a better martial artist. Okay. All right. Nice. Hiya. And plus you kind of have the background in it already too where you came up as a kid doing a... Doing, uh, you have a black belt in what? Oh, Taekwondo. Taekwondo. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and honestly, um, most, I feel like a lot of casting directors probably assume that I know martial arts already because I'm Asian. So, you think? Is that how casting directors are they very stereotypical, stereotype? I think so. I think they would assume that. I mean, not to be racist right now, because I know it's not true, you know, but, you know, if you're, like, I feel like, you know, a lot of times, some people, if they see a black person, they'll automatically assume they probably know how to, like, rap and dance, you know? Same thing with Asians, they probably know martial arts. Is that a hot take? Am I going to get canceled for saying that? Well, you're saying what you think other people think, so I don't, I don't know, it's a little bit, some degrees of separation there. (laughs) Um... That's interesting. Okay. Why well, do I have little faith in humanity for thinking this way? That's a question. That's a question. <laughs> no, that's cool though. Having that physicality, I'm sure, yeah, could expand regardless of. Because I was thinking of, um, like everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, such a good movie. There's like some super. So f- good. Like, I think about like the chef. I was thinking of you for like that chef roll with the, the oh! rat, rat, raccoonie or something. <laughs> Like, there are just some super wacky roles that 
they still have to do all this physicality, and I'm sure yeah. that all, whether it's Wushu or not, having the control over your body. Yeah. Really. That was a great movie. Did you like that movie? Loved it. I saw it twice. I saw it three times. Ooh. So one up. But Ooh. what, what, from a director's standpoint, makes that movie so good? Like, it was, is it the story, the shots, the cinematography, the acting? Like, why? Because that movie is very quirky. Love it. Yeah. What, but what, from a director's standpoint, did you find that movie so captivating? Well, you can tell that... Somehow you can tell that the people that made it cared. That's kind of... I every frame it feels like every department put everything they had into each kind of frame it's like i think about the opening sequence at their at their home um i know i was wowed right off the bat with just the set deck like the set decorating they have the like the writing, everything, everything was so good. But just like every corner of the laundromat and then their back, their back room, like they have all their tax papers all around. Everything is packed to the brim. The house is like totally lived in. It's a hundred percent. Every corner, every nook has stuff packed into it. And um, that kind of feels the same with the writing too. There's like three conversations going on at once in the beginning. They're talking, she's talking about one thing. He's talking about one thing. The grandfather's coming in here. The daughter's coming in here. Like oh, wow. the choreography of the writing feels like real authentic and family interaction versus like a scripted, let's have our chat. Okay. Now the dad comes in and have this chat. It was oh. all bouncing around the, you know, they, they're, they were just having fun. It just looked like a lot of fun, and it, I mean the the it just very layered. The story was layered, art was layered deep. The cinematography was all over the place. Like it seemed very experimental. It seemed very. It was just there's so much going on, and it was it was just too much fun. I love that what you said about you could tell that everyone put their all into it. Like, yeah, that's so true. I, could, I I didn't notice it until you pointed it out. But yeah, I did feel that. Like, it seemed like it was so meticulously and carefully crafted. Yeah. Yeah, no. Those, those directors are awesome. I know, yeah, the Daniels. Uh, I forget their last names because they just always go by the Daniels. Yeah. But um, I know that those guys specifically come at it from such a weird direction too. Like they don't even like when they were making their first film, um, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, oh, that's Swiss, Swiss army, army, Swiss army man. Yeah. They were talking about how make it just the process of making a movie is so weird and like convoluted that it's hard to make. Like they were kind of like making a movie as a joke. Mm. And so they come at it from like almost an, it's almost like a meta level where they're, looking at the process and just kind of like throwing stuff at it to see what, see how it'll work. So they're, they're very, um, I don't know how they came up. I don't know enough about these guys, but they approach it differently. And I was very inspired because they, they shot a lot in a very short amount of time. And it's, 
blows my mind. Would you say that is an Oscar-worthy film? Like, will that type of film even get nominated for an Oscar? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Like, maybe some performances will get some nods. I don't know about cinematography. I don't know about editing. Editing should get a nod. That that editing in that movie was pretty crazy too. Um, what about best film? Who knows? Who knows? It'd be lovely if it got a nod, wouldn't it? Do you think it will? Writing too, best original screenplay for sure. I don't, I don't, I don't think too much about the Oscars really, so I don't, I don't put much thought into it. But yeah, it'd be lovely, I suppose. Good for them. It's right. Captivated en- enough audiences for sure. Yeah, yeah. How are we doing on time, sir? We're doing pretty good. We're nearing the end here. Maybe one question each, and then we'll maybe some easier ones. Okay. <clears throat> Actually, I wanted to bring up. Um, your last guest. My last guest. Sorry, I watched. Uh, oh, Yvette Lou? No, no, no. A Moog Carbwire. A Moog. Oh, Carwar, how do you yeah. know Moog? I've been on set with him before. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was a script supervisor on this um, crazy like. He played, <laughs> it's a comedy, it's a crazy comedy the, from this team that, like this military veteran team. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, what was it? It was on the Veterans Channel? Yeah, Veteran oh, Television. Oh, V for Valor? Is it that one? Uh, I think it maybe, or Grunt's Life Oh, yeah, two. yeah, Grunt's Life, that's the one, Grunt's Life 2, yeah. Yeah, I was on set. So when I saw that he was in your thing, I'm like, I know that guy. Did you say hi to him on set and stuff? Yeah, there there was some there was such a huge cast. Yeah. That I don't th- I don't know how well I connected with really anybody, but I remember him. He had a crazy role for sure. He had to drink There was a clip that he posted where he drank some goo or liquid. I don't remember this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, a monk. Good guy, really good guy. Yeah, he should, he should, you should have him on your podcast too. He's a great guest. He was cool. Yeah, but yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, because we, yeah, these these military guys, they write stories, kind of almost making fun of the U.S. military in Afghanistan. Uh-huh. So like the what really happened, or yeah, versus the versus what you see the the ads for army life or join the air force, like a super like cin- cinematic and glorified and all that. Yeah. These guys are showing the stupidity that happens uh, over there. So he played a, a member of the Taliban, I think, or like a Afghanistan. I think he was like a backstabber. Oh. Where uh, the military were training up local Afghanistan people to kind of stand up for their own country and stuff, but they had some people within that yeah. group that yeah. were working for the Taliban and right. infiltrating from, from the inside and stuff. So I th- I think that's what his role was. I'm trying to. It was, it was some crazy stuff. I mean, it's all through the vein of laughing at, you know, these military guys, these vets that want to laugh at the experience. It's kind of cathartic for them. Yeah, yeah. Versus, uh, yeah, it's, you can just relate to your your dudes on how crazy it was and how stupid it was. Yeah. Wow. What but. a small world. That is one thing I noticed too. The film community. I mean, the acting directing community is smaller than you think. So be nice to everyone. Just be kind in general. So you don't have, yeah, just how about try that? Um, yeah, well. 
You don't ha- don't don't be kind because you think they're going to help you out in the future. That's, right. That's 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 wrong incentives here. Right. Well, now I got a question for you, sir. Now you have you know you have a film on Amazon Prime. Sure. Right, and it's or yeah, you do already have one. You have another one coming out, right? Chama days. Chama days. Chama days. That yeah. one's nearing the end of post currently. I've been saying that for like ten years now, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's happening. Yeah, because it wrapped May two thousand. It's been over a year since yeah, we wrapped the, wrapped yeah. the film. So that's exciting. But so you you you're a credible director now. Do you deal with actors trying to like suck up to you or be like try to reach out to you in a very artificial way, hoping to, you know, I don't know, gain a role or something like that? Like, do you deal with that? I feel like it actually happens. I've I've dealt with that a lot on Instagram. That's oh. usually where it kind of goes down. But wait, they DM you? Yeah, I'll, I'll get DMs. Oh, on oh. occasion, not too often, but what are they um, saying? They'll be <laughs> the worst ones are just like they'll just notice in my bio that I'm a I'm a director, and they'll DM me saying if I have any roles available they can audition for. But they don't. Not many people reference like, "Hey, I checked out your links, and I watched your I watched your feature, I watched some shorts, and I really love what you do, and I would love to work with you." Do you have anything coming up that I could audition for? Like that'd be a better lead up if I knew that you actually like what I did. But a lot of people just kind of blind DM. It's like, hey, any roles available? Or and I'm like, uh, do you respond? Oh, uh, so yes, sometimes, sometimes I, I'll just be like, um, no, nothing currently. Uh, keep following. I'll probably post on my story if there's anything going on. Wow. I'll be nice like that. But has you given anyone a role through a DM? Or an addition. I don't recall. I don't feel like I have. Oh. I don't. So um, would you say that's a bad way of reaching out for addition? Well, I think I think there's a, I think there's a good way of reaching out is just saying, "Hey, I love your vibe. I love what you do. I'm happy to follow you." And uh, hope to work with you someday. Like more, more of like you know, lay lay some lay some groundwork first before uh, stuff. Oh. And that's more of a nice way of getting into my brain. Where then, if I follow back or whatever, and I kind of can see what you're up to, and I like what you're doing too, then I'll keep you in mind for stuff. Like it's more of uh, how I work. But um, yeah, because I like to cast from who I know. And who I've worked with before, I'm very. Um, uh, I I was gonna say loyal, but I very much appreciate when people put their time and efforts into into me. When like for the stuff that we've done, it's like the two shorts that you came out for were on page just like for fun things. One was for, for Jamie to get to some experience as a director. Yeah. One the Spencer one was just like we're just want to shoot something and max has a cool camera and we're just like let's just let's just it's more of like a warm-up exercise thing so right for instance for you i'm like man ryan's put some time into uh coming out and and doing some stuff or whatever i'm like i really dig his thing and what he's doing and uh i appreciate him coming out i definitely want to 
give back when I can oh. and be like, oh, I've got this, I've got this cool, and I'm like, I know he's got physicality, so whatever. I'm like, he would be a perfect fit. So you come to mind a lot more because you've just been there and you're always doing stuff and you're whatever. Wow, but I didn't know actors actually DM directors saying stuff like that. There's a certain point, like I'm definitely not a director in which, like I haven't directed any, I'm thinking of like Lulu Wang or something, for instance, um, after, like if you, you, you hit a certain, if you direct a certain movie, you kind of become too big, like she talked about after directing The Farewell she was doing um she would have coffee meetups with people oh you know she i do coffees a lot too like she would grab coffee with people she would talk to directors or actors or whatever she would do she would just be like yeah i'm out and about i'm grabbing coffee with people but after directing that movie you know it was a financial hit and stuff she kind of hit a certain echelon if you will and she kind of had to like stop doing that because she was too big but uh, so I'm not I'm not I'm not there <laughs> there yet. I'm very approachable. I try to be very approachable and just approach uh, in the right way. Yes, so true. The maestro is kind, and if you are going to DM him, DM him like the way he said, or it's not gonna work. Wow, we yes, yes. Well. That's all, <laughs> folks. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We um, we have time for more. I can podcast. I can do this all day. I don't know. I was gonna. I I kind of. I wanted to ask. Oh, okay. This is just kind of to stick with. I wanted to learn hear more about stand up comedy just uh, oh. a little bit. Yes, of course. I, mean, I know we got you excited. We thought the episode's over. No, 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 but, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I just feel bad because I I feel like I I I I I, I um I just wasn't sure because you're very kind. So I just want to make sure that if you're <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Th- well, thinking on the inside, why isn't this guy leaving? No, that no. That I no. give you an out, but I I'm having a great time. I appreciated you know. it. It's getting a little spicy in here too. It's warming up. Oh yeah, that high school teacher story. Who? Um, I wanted to ask about subtle Asian comedy. Yeah. You have a fifteen-minute comedy special. Yes. Through funny media, media productions. productions. Yeah. And I wanted to ask a little bit about how that came about. What? How oh, you? Man. How you? Um. What your? What your? comedic style is and uh and kind of how you yeah how you define yourself how you found yourself and yeah all that man that uh, well that comedy special i literally got it like like the second month going into doing stand-up so i got it really fast so um that's me being that's me very very green and you can tell and i i watched them like that's a little Mm. cringy yeah um or really cringy um but how I got that was I did a show at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. I did five minutes, and uh, and one of the producers for that saw me, and they were trying to recruit a bunch of stand-up comics because their thing is they're gonna give out a bunch of comedy specials, 
and hopefully like Netflix picks him up or something. So that's they were recruiting a lot, and he saw me and he liked me. So after the show, he just said, "Hey, um, here's my card. Call me." And I thought it was just like a scammer or something. So I'm like, I'm not gonna call this guy. So I, but as as I was walking to my car after the show, he drove past me and said, "Hey, call me. I'm serious." And I'm like, eh, I'm still not gonna call him. But three days later, I'm like, oh, what the heck? I'll call him. So I called him, and that's how I got it. But he saw me from a show. Um, he says, "Do you have 15 minutes?" I only had five, but I said yes. So, and then I'm like, "Do you have? Uh, uh, I need you to record a comedy special in two weeks. Um, do you have 15 minutes?" And I said yes, but I only had five. So I had to write 10 minutes in two weeks, so not a lot of time. But I did a lot of open mics at that time. Um, all that to say, um, so that I got that very green. And there, I was still figuring out my style. Yeah, I'm still honestly trying to figure out my style right now. But honestly, for me, stand-up comedy, what I think makes a stand-up comedian com- uh, successful is actually not the writing. Like, the writing's important, for sure. But I would say writing is like 49%. And 51% is attitude and personality. Because you, if you're, um, no matter what, if you're not confident, I should have said 51% is confidence. Because no matter what, if you're not confident up on stage, no matter what you say, it's not going to be funny and it's not going to work. Because I noticed that audience can feel when someone's unconfident. So if you're unconfident up there, you already lost, my friend. So the biggest thing is confidence. And for me, what gives me the most confidence is if I'm just being myself, which is kind of odd, deadpan, self-deprecating. And now what I do is I just try to put myself in the best position to showcase that part personality because that's what's going to make me the most confident up there. So the writing is important, yes. And before I would write to, for the purpose of, oh, what do I, what's funny? But now I write for the purpose of, how can I make this funny? You know? what? How can I showcase my personality through my writing as opposed to, like, an objective? Like, oh, I think this is funny. Yeah, it's a, you're, you're pairing the writing with who you are and, yeah. and the combination of the two is the key. Yeah, exactly. And I thought about this um, just recently. And I, who knows? I might be wrong. I might be thinking of something completely different tomorrow. But as of this moment, that is my answer. But yeah, the pairing of the two, the writing with your humor and the confidence and the personality. Yeah. Did you did you name is this is that the did you name the special or was I that did. It? okay? I named it subtle Asian comedy. Yes, and I will admit I named it that because I thought it would be super clickbaity, but it backfired on me. Because there's a huge Facebook group called Subtle Asian Comedy, Subtle Asian Traits, and it has like millions of Asian followers. So I thought like oh, if yeah. I called it Subtle Asian Comedy, it might slip in the algorithm and I'll get a lot of clicks, but I don't think it worked. Okay, so we didn't so it didn't necessarily backfire, it just didn't work. <laughs> well, or, I was uh, yeah, that's true, that's true. But I it, but the title also makes sense because like a lot of my humor is from the perspective of being an Asian person. So, it's subtly Asian. I guess it's not that. So subtle. is it subtle comedy or is it subtle Asian? Subtle. It's called subtle Asian comedy. Right, but is the comedy subtle or is the Asian subtle? 
Or is it all subtle? It's all... It's like the, the reaction, the laughter I get from the crowd. All subtle. <laughs> subtle, subtle. Subtle ha-has. Subtle laughters. <laughs> well, because I know, I know when people try to ask me about the genres I like to direct. Okay. I, I, hate the, I hate the question so much. I, I don't know. That's why I, sorry for throwing it at you. Oh. But no, when, when I talk to let's just say when i'm on set as a script supervisor and it comes right. up that i'm a director or whatever too or i direct yeah. on the side or whatever however i say it people ask oh cool like what what kind of stuff do you like to direct and you don't I'm, like that question and i'm like oh really that seems like a fun question no, no it's not fun because it's the obvious question oh oh that's true so I just yeah it a lot. it's like well i don't know huh <laughs> so I, I i describe often that I subtle like the more subtle comedy is kind of my my vein. So oh. when you're saying subtle Asian comedy, I'm like, oh, well that's why I like your con. That's why I like. That's why I think you're funny is because I, like the, I love the subtle humor. It's yeah, not, it's very sometimes too subtle, but it is. You can you subtle. can go you can go very subtle, and you do you. I go very very <laughs> subtle, <laughs> maybe too subtle. <laughs> At times. And I'm like, all right, he's making everybody uncomfortable over here, but I know what he's doing. Thank you. And it, that's the hard part about being a subtle comedian is that you will... But I also love this about it, but you have like maybe 70% of the people that get it and 30% like, like, why is yeah. he doing this? Yeah, they don't you know? know what's going on. Yeah, but I like that. You know, like, I think that creates a good atmosphere. But that is a difficulty of having that type of humor is that some people... Just don't get it, and because I, I yeah, I'm thinking about one time on on the last set we were on where you you did this like <laughs> you said well I I like you have a lot of good one liners too that are just out of nowhere and cracks everybody up yeah but I know uh you you do this like high five thing some I think you did it in a bit too oh you're like all right everybody on three whatever and you kind of yeah you, yeah you, yeah you say it in that. In that like, dead, yeah. lifeless voice. Yeah, like, when you're supposed to be motivational. Yeah, and you're not even. You're not even. Up. You're like, all right. Uh. Yeah. And then you and Spencer, Spencer reached out to you for your hand, and everybody else just watched. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, this is the this is the point of the joke. If people actually got excited by it, the joke's not working. Yeah. Like you're, it's not supposed to work. Thank you. Yeah, you totally get it. Yeah, because you know when someone's doing this, it's usually like a very right before like a very exciting football game where the coach is like, "Come on, guys, we got this!" Like uh, wolves on three. But I when I do it, I usually say, "All right, we can do this, guys." Come on. Yeah. Teamwork on three. One, two, three. And the and the what you have to do is you have to do it really like slow slow yeah, lift. Slow and as a, un aspiring as possible. But I'm glad you get it, sir. I get it. That's why you're here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you so you is subtle comedy different than dramedy? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Who cares? Oh. <laughs> Dramatic comedy, dramedy. Yeah. Comedy sounds like something else. People well, have a different vision when you hear Yeah. Well, cause, so what would you, what is this TV show that's out right now or a movie that, I don't know. that I, encapsulates I, I, I usually, comedy? I usually, I know, I know people have countered my style with like a, like a Curb Your Enthusiasm or a, Yeah, totally. I know I point to The Office a lot too with that. Totally, like, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. But then but then even then 
I'm still, I don't know, we're all, we're all crafting ourselves a little bit, you know, forever. So I, um, I feel like I'm still honing in on, on the specific, specific niche of comedy. But whenever I watch my own stuff, I'm like, I can never think of anything else. It's, I don't know. I have a hard time with the comparison things. So that's why I don't really like the question of like, what kind of, what kind of comedy do you, I'm like, I don't know. Have you seen my stuff? <laughs> Just watch my stuff and you'll know. Is ca- uh, comedies... Chamedies, sorry. <laughs> comedies. Is chamedies, would you say, that brand... We're calling you? it a psychological comedy. Oh, a psychological comedy. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 got... it's. I feel like the comedy is a little bit few and far between, but it, it is at the... There is a thread... Of subtle, like it doesn't take itself too seriously as a movie, mm. but it does. We do get some heated, dramatic scenes. We do get some little horror elements, but through the whole thing, there it's a it's got the it's got its comedy layer for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, and subtle is tricky. Do you you know this just reminds me of that scene from The Office where um, the warehouse coworkers got. Won the lottery, and with that, with that winnings, they invested in an energy drink company for gay men. And they come to Daryl and saying, like, hey, we invested in this gay energy company, but it did horribly. And, and Daryl was like, oh, shoot, let me try one of the flavors. And then he, he tries it, and he's like, oh, what is this? And they're like, coconut penis. And then he says, um, very subtle on the coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yeah, that's true. It's not good to be too subtle sometimes, and uh, and this is regards to the subtle humor, but that's just what it reminded me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very subtle on the coconut. That's a later season of The Office for yeah. sure. I don't like the later seasons, but oh, I don't like the only season, and I still liked it, but I thought that I wasn't too fond of was the last season because they made Andy a total douchebag, well, and I thought it totally didn't work for the final season. Yeah. It was the final season. You didn't, wait, you did like it or you didn't? I didn't like it. I thought they tried hard again with the last season and it got good again. But you liked Andy? You, you liked Andy as that mean I mean guy? I don't like Andy. So. Did you like him before? I, don't, I never liked Andy. Really, I loved Andy until the last season. He was no. too mean, but I love Andy. Was like one of my favorites because he's so he's so like unlikable. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. So I think he worked well as a. I don't remember him being mis mis misworked in the last season, but. Oh okay. Oh, well, he, he was just mean, like so mean, to like Aaron and Nelly and and like. I don't remember at all. Yeah, it was just a horrible boss. Gotta go back and watch it. <laughs> Ooh, last right. question so, for yeah, you, we'll, we'll, sir. You have another question? Yes. <laughs> go for it. How long has we have we been going so far? I don't know. I haven't I haven't officially timed it. This is somewhere around the. Um, I feel like we went for two hours. No, we're hour forty five maybe. Oh, maybe we're nearing two hours. Do you edit your podcast, or do you just this will be straight on through? Straight on through. That's what my, that's what I do too. So well, let's let's wind out with um. But this last question is the deepest question okay. of the entire sure, go interview. For it, go for it. And it may require another hour for you to answer it. <laughs> Yes. I'm just kidding. It's not a deep question. So, Mr. Visual, 
Jeez Louise. What motivates you to become the best director you can be? What drives you, sir? What makes you get out of that bed in the morning? What makes you keep editing at 3 a.m.? What makes you buy that bag of goldfish that you didn't have to buy, but you are going to buy so the crew might appreciate you more? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about, one, I don't stay up till 3 a.m. editing. (laughs) Sleep is very important to me. Okay, well, that's good. Got to keep that energy. Yeah. Consistency is more important than the burst energy. Yes, agreed. I I would rather, uh, yeah. Um, Goldfish, I don't like goldfish. I'm not going to buy that for the crew because I'm not going to eat it if they don't eat it. Um, What motivates me? It's a good question. I haven't thought about this for a while. I know... What keeps that fire burning in the furnace? It's just this is the it's a it's a crazy uh, creative journey that we're on. I don't know how I don't know how it is on your your end, but I know on my end, the challenge of getting something made at all is always exciting and creating something out of nothing is always exciting. I know giving people opportunities to be themselves and to showcase who they are and do the thing they love is very exciting for me. Um, And then I know that the hardest thing on my side, which I guess keeps me going is like once I've done a thing, I can't do the same thing again, like on that same scale. Like I gotta, I can't just like, let's just say if I'm doing Hallmark Christmas movies or something, like that's a formula. Like if I were to do one, I'm not going to have fun going back and doing it again. Like I gotta, like what's the, like level up, level up, level up, or mix up genre or yeah, you gotta the, mix it up. The, the consistent change and, so that's, that's the tough part on the indie side is you only have so many resources at your disposal. But uh, like I've each project has climbed that uh, that I've that I've done. Like I did the feature that's on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it's called It's What's on the Inside. Mm-hmm. Watch that. That came out last year, twenty twenty one. Trauma Days. That's what Hannah Wu. Hannah Wu was in that one, yeah. And then Trauma Days was a level up in the sense that I already got... Like, the first time I was like, can I make a feature at all? Okay, sweet. And then feature number two was, I know I can make a feature. Now let's hone in on everything I've learned since I made that feature. Mm. Boom, make a better feature. And then try to... We're going to do the festival route and try to get that thing sold and stuff, which I didn't really try on the last one. So I'm going to try to get some new experiences with that. And then um, the short film I just came out of was the the biggest budgeted project that I've had the chance to direct and, and produce. So that one was expanding the team and 
packing those days as full as possible to really capitalize on everything and working with the team to make sure yeah just bringing in better people which adds pressure does a creative too because you want to lead them properly and give them the best opportunity to succeed which fuels my day-to-day too because i don't i don't want to fail them that keeps me going (laughs) so once once you get in the loop of like creating i mentioned loyalty earlier too like i've worked like the trauma days feature was a lot of donated time we were at a specific time on that one post like vac just vaccine had just come out and we just wanted to shoot something so the team essentially took uh, three weeks out of our schedules and made a movie kind of thing so then i feel indebted to all those people so like i enjoy the pressure of needing needing to succeed because it's not just about me it's about the people that i care about that are also hustling and on the rise as well so it's 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 not all it's i don't know i just i just enjoy the chat i don't know just there's a lot going on there but um i know i want to succeed and i want to succeed for others and help lift other people up too so that it's not uh yeah the maestro the maestro (laughs) beautifully said beautifully said sir i knew you were a hustler but i didn't know you were this much of a hustler you're a hustler sir thank you (laughs) thank you i guess i guess i am uh yeah so the so the big ambitions big goals and i'm scared about this next phase for sure because oh. I've just, you know, I'm wrapping that post. I'm I'm wrapping post on Trauma Days. And I'm going to ideally be wrapping post on this short film called Sojourn in the next month too. And then being that those are my latest, biggest projects. I, I'm not going to feel satisfied trying to do the same thing again. It's like, hey everybody, you want to do three weeks for, th-? you know. It's like, no, that's not going to. I don't know. So it's always trying to yeah level up or mix it up yeah you want to yeah you got to leverage the experience you've collected to um do the next thing even better with with more and yeah bring better people or the same people and give them more to work with like all, all that kind of stuff for sure success is the warmest place to hide that's just what you said reminded me of (laughs) <laughs> does that make sense that uh, sounds a little um ominous oh because <laughs> that um, i'm trying to hide no and succeeding no, gives me no. the place. <laughs> it's a good thing because you know you're right once you su- you successfully directed a um, feature film you know some people will be very happy staying and basking in that success as long as you can that as long as they can because it feels good but you, you're always trying to do more. I try my best to uh, celebrate the wins. You know, you gotta you gotta celebrate the moments for sure. But yeah, I'm all yeah. It's a it's a tough balance. Life begins outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> That's what also. You just said reminded me of you always try to get out of your comfort zone because you know that's when life really begins. 
And if you're just comfortable all the time, it's not a life worth living. Two roads diverged in the Jeez <laughs> Okay, so what are you working on next, buddy? What are you we're we're we just crossed the halfway point of the year. What's Oh I thought uh, you were gonna say we just crossed the halfway point <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> um well I'm working on next shoot. Um uh working on next what's the how's the what's the goal of the podcast oh i'm so sorry okay that's what you meant okay like what's no. my next goal yeah just what do you yeah i was just it was just a general question but i thought i'd ask about that since this is a fresh episode four yeah what, uh, a podcast honestly it was just um i enjoy talking to people and also i know like i said before like you have to make your own content now uh, or it helps to make your own content. So you know, I'm also I'm also a hustler. I like to hustle and bustle. So I'm trying to do what I can with my free time. You know, make sure you use the microphone. Oh. There, okay. <laughs> See, that's how you know I'm on episode four because I don't even use the microphone. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to be as productive as I can with my time. And I thought the podcast would be a fun way for me to um talk to people and release some contents because i like to post like funny clips from the convo and i i really really like the humor that comes out of these type of situations so i really i think we got a lot of great stuff here that i'm gonna post and um (laughs) we'll see but um besides the pod so the podcast is that me just creating content and um me creating content and what's next for me you know um you know i will it's such a cliche answer, but you know, I would obviously like to get a co-star. I would like to the get a national commercial or something. Um, it seems like you've been killing it from from my you you've been booking consistently. It seems like you know everyone's been telling me that, but no, no, I didn't book anything for the last month now. Uh, but I think what what happens is um, the projects that I do they always usually come out around the same time. So I and I like to post them, you know, pretty. Yes, yeah, so you're blasting like ten bookings at once. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not ten. I wish, but um, no, I, no, y'all, I didn't book anything for the last month, and I'm auditioning a lot. You know, I didn't. So I booked. I auditioned forty five times now without uh, a booking. I got an avail or a hold, but you know, but no, I didn't book anything for the last month, and um, you know, I want to put together a fight reel together. That's sort of, that's what's next. Maybe in like the next two months, and I think that might help me with booking. Um, I'm trying to imagine you fighting. I just can't. I, I just currently can't see it. So I got I, I got to see this real, and it'll change my mind. But Wait, why don't you want to? Well, because I because you okay? Because we're, we're talking <laughs> if we're talking cha, cha. brand, <laughs> the subtle subtle comedy is like I know. If it are you planning on incorporating? awkward into the fights or are you trying to be badass fighter and also awkward boyfriend at the same time i don't know man that's the thing is that um my brand is so like niche you know that i feel like sometimes i'm shooting myself in the foot because i think i heard that casting directors do look at instagram and if they see all my like cringy stand-up clips they're like what the fudge like we don't want this guy gotcha, um, yeah. or they do yeah or they do what if they need a really awkward, ugly, tall Asian guy with long hair. But anyways, um, that's that is a dilemma. I'm trying to figure that out because I, 
I like to play all roles. I'm definitely not like, oh, I'm not going to do this. It's not my brand. I don't really care about my brand. I just like to be me. Um, but that is an issue or an issue that that I think might arise in the future. Like, what, Ryan? As a doing a fight reel, that's gonna be so weird. He's so yeah, awkward. Cause I, yeah, because I like the idea. I feel like it would be boring to watch you play like a normal dude. Yeah, like that sounds like why are we why are we bottling up Ryan Koo in just some some normal like security oh oh role where he sh- does some punching and kicking like that's not we got oh. you got to play it you gotta you gotta let the uh, you gotta let the personality ooze through it and also layer on the action right. But, I don't know. Yeah. Either, well, you'll figure it out. What do you... Okay, sorry. This is the last question of the podcast. <laughs> As a director, what do you think is my type? Like, when you think, Ryan, what are the role, like type of roles you see me for? Like, do you see me as the, like the weird stoner? Do you see me as, like, the, like the bad boy bully... Sorry, I yawned on that one because the question is... Uh, <laughs> I see Ryan as someone that is boring and should never be cast. <laughs> no! No! Um, well, because I know... I'm thinking about how you've been cast so far in my world. Uh, the initial character for Love at First Arrangement wasn't wasn't intended to be as awkward as the guy who came in the door, but I trust that we will still lean into that because <laughs> you, you are who you are, but, um, I could be very normal. <laughs> I could, I could, if I'm an acting. Yeah. Yeah. An action and you turn normal. <laughs> um, it takes a lot of practice. Uh, I know, I mean, I don't know. It's just my... Uh, you're talking to a guy who loves comedy and the, the subtle comedy of it. So I'd be like... I'm, I'd am i be essentially casting you... Like, I look at you just as who you are. Okay. I essentially cast people on their, on their standard base selves. Right. And then we throw on layers of the character that help, you know, okay. intensify that. But I thought you were going to say, I cast you as you because you're such a bad actor. I want you to do as little acting as possible. <laughs> no no it's just I, it's a little bit on me as a director too where I feel very confident in my castings when I know oh. the people that are coming in I'm like like just coming to you man I, I, I love you for who you are and let's just come in here and let's let's take who you are and look at this character and, and we can of course accentuate certain certain traits and downplay certain traits but so you're telling me you casting me wasn't because you thought i was the next daniel day lewis but because you had a role that was perfect to my original personality you're perfect for the role ryan yeah exactly (laughs) you're perfect for the role of Ryan Koo. Yeah, I know. I do want to ex- experiment more with casting actors in almost like the complete reverse oh. of their actual personalities and see how it goes. So yeah. they'd be like, all right, Ryan, I'm casting you as 
I don't know. I just don't like it. Just it doesn't sound. Maybe it's fun for. Would that be fun for you? Is like zero awkward and total suave and yeah. And I will tell you this. Like a most secret agent. Most of my big additions that I've gotten, which isn't a lot, it's that. So if they don't know my personality and they just see like my my headshots or my reels, it's almost always like the suave charming smooth playboy ish okay role. yes Yo. yes yeah but that's hard because I, I i think i kind of yeah i give off that vibe with like my look maybe but my personality is just like you know it's yeah it's not that so yeah. is it, it was would that be fun to play though if if you did get cast in that role and you're you like know, i love i it's, uh, everything's fun i okay. love i just love act acting and, and performing and creating so because oh, no, 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 for sure, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Sorry, sir. <laughs> I know it was cliche. Yeah. I but, was, yeah. I was also thinking about how that's how I knew I didn't like acting too, because I had oh. did like some mystery di- dinner, mystery mystery dinner theater, mystery um, murder mystery dinners. Okay. <laughs> Act. It was like improv acting kind of yeah, kind of yeah. gigs back in Reno. Yeah. And I know. There's this one time where like they had a little cast ready to go for this for this mis- murder mystery dinner night, and an actor dropped out, and I was on their roster because I had done stuff before. So they called me in. I'm like, "Hey, you available? Hundred bucks for tonight, whatever the thing was." Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll come out. It sounds fun, easy, easy money." And the role was for like some mob boss, kind of like really, oh. really, really powerful, really, you know, like you would kill that role. And the guy that had the role before was a very outgoing, loud, boisterous personality. So when I came in to reprise that role, reprise, take that role, they were trying to give me direction on uh, that would fit better for him. But like me in a power position. Yeah. I like to play. This is kind of like just as a. When you're in the. I don't need if I have power. I don't need exactly. to be allowed. No, no, that's that's actually a common thing you, it, that acting coaches say. If you're playing a powerful person, you don't want to be like energetic, loud. You want to be the opposite. Yeah, because you're right. You yeah, you have power. So yeah, people know. I don't need to. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to showcase yeah. it. When I walk in a room, people know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've, yeah. So <laughs> it was just more like they wanted me to be the loud power guy and um i'm like sorry i can't do it <laughs> oh bull you just literally said i'm not gonna do that well i said i I'll, I'll i'm like uh i'll see what i can do I, I mean but i just did my own thing anyway good yeah i mean i just i don't if i got cast in a role and i was told to be an opposite of who i was i'm like i don't even know if i could pull that off no yes you can <laughs> i think you're not giving yourself enough credit now Okay, I'm not an actor. All right, so yes, you are. <laughs> okay, all right. You well, would be a uh, very good. Po- last, last <laughs> comment. It's not even a question. When you said playing a powerful, like mob boss intellectual, I could totally see that. Like you could be like Lex Luthor. You could Lex be like Luthor. um, um, it could be a uh, Walt- like Gus Walt- Fring. Walt- like be a Walter White, Gus Fring. Uh, you yeah. would be a really good Gus Fring. Yeah, I could totally see it. I could be Gus Fring for sure. Yeah. Um, 
That guy's good though. He's good. He's yeah. He's very good, and he's such a happy person. And too in real life, he, I'm like when I. It's always interesting to see really good actors in real life because sometimes they're like the complete opposite of the their character. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. All right. On that note, we're at the end for reals, everybody. Follow me on Instagram at Eddie V Hill V. You can also go to my website at eddievhillv.com. Watch my movie. It's what's on the inside on Amazon Prime yes. Video right now. And Trauma Days. Trauma which Days is coming, coming soon. So make sure you follow for that. Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at Honkyoku. But. I'm trying to get my Twitter following up. I only have 40 followers. So if you are on Twitter and you give me a follow, I follow back. If I know you, then I follow back. Noted, noted. Make sure you follow the, uh, what is this podcast called? The Eddie Conversation Podcast. Subscribe there. And yours is uh, <laughs> Q&A. <laughs> I was trying to see if you remember. Yes. And follow my podcast, Q&A. Leave some ratings. Help, uh, help the, help the, help the flow. <laughs> help the brokenhearted. Yes. Oh my. Do you have comments on your podcast? Where? Like on your? Do on people YouTube? comment on your podcast? No, on uh, on uh, wherever, like YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Do people can leave comments? Can you comment on Spotify? I don't know. I don't think you can comment on oh, okay. the audio only. Oh, okay. This is dropped on YouTube as well. It's in video form. So make sure if you're there, leave a comment there. Yes. Or if you're watching on Facebook or Instagram, comment there. Oh, you posted on Leave Facebook Leave some comments. Too. I don't. Oh. <laughs> I post link. All right. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. What a wonderful show. Thanks for show. listening. Thanks wonderful for, thanks. show. <laughs> if you watch the whole thing, God bless you. And oh, is this a non-Christian? Okay. Thank, thank you, Mr. Ryan. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bum, 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 bum.